Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 16, The Anatomy of Anxiety. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. I'm excited to be back talking with you. So in this episode, I want to go through what it looks like from the lens of the new paradigm to have issues with anxiety. So you might remember that in episode seven, I believe it was called the anatomy of a habit. I talked about my client, Bethany. And Bethany was caught up in her thinking as we get, right? And she was caught up in a lot of misunderstandings about her thinking. So the stress started to build and she began to attribute that stress and her feelings to things happening in the world outside of her, around her. And that led her to feel even more and more hopeless. I'm just nutshelling Bethany's story here. Uh, But go back and listen to episode seven if you haven't. But you know, basically it's like just the pressure just kept building and building and it all looked like it was coming at her. It all looked like it was coming from her life out there. And in Bethany's mind, her best thinking from the bottom of all of that pile of pressure and stress, she came up with some things that helped her feel better. Now these were not great choices. They were related to binge eating, controlling her weight, all kinds of stuff around that. It's not like she sat down and said, oh, I know how I'll feel better. I'll develop a really disastrous habit. No, of course not. Of course not. We don't do that. But we do do what makes sense to us from the thinking and from the understanding, or in some cases, the misunderstanding that we're in. So from how Bethany felt and how life looked to her, how she was seeing things, she did the best she could possibly see to do to feel better. She stumbled upon some things that quieted her mind a little bit. And when she did those things, when she started to control, be in control of her weight and her food, it it gave her a sense of control. It gave her a sense of peace and ease. And again, we're not talking like real peace, obviously. This is not like, oh, and then everything was wonderful as she developed this horrible habit. No. But relatively speaking, you know, it gave her mind a different place to be. And so her mind was in this new place and it felt like it had some control. And before Bethany knew it, she was really caught up in that. And then she was doing things to counteract it as we do. And it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, essentially any habit kind of follows that pattern. I think it's really helpful for people to hear stories of other people. And that's why I'm, I'm sharing these and I'm going to share another one today. But it's also important to know that they're all the same. You know, they're all essentially the same. It's always this same story of innocent misunderstanding, of innocently fearing our experience, forgetting who we really are and what we have available to us. And by that, I mean forgetting that our mind fixes itself, that beneath all of the feeling and psychology and emotion and thoughts and insecurity and pain and whatever's moving through us beneath what we did yesterday or what we just did this afternoon, beneath the past, beneath our thoughts about the future, we're totally okay. And that's never, ever, ever not true. But 
we forget that often, (laughs) regularly. And when we do forget that, you know, we get caught up. Again, we're doing the absolute best we can see to do from the thinking we're in to just feel better. And that's why exploring this new paradigm and seeing how we really work is so powerful. It's so amazing because it makes your best better. We're always doing the best we can. There are zero exceptions to that. But, you know, my best, the best I could see for the most part 10 years ago was a little different than the best I can see today. And hopefully 10 years from now, it'll be a lot better than it is right now. So, you know, it's just about seeing more, understanding more, coming to connect with that source of wisdom and peace and resilience that's within us. Because when we're there, our best is way better. And there's, there's really good news from that place. So in this episode, I'm going to depart from a habit, a behavioral habit like binge eating, like we talked about with Bethany, and talk about anxiety. And I'm going to tell you about my client, Sherry. So when I met Sherry, she was worried about pretty much everything. Now, she had a nice life from the outside, you know, looking in. She had she had some stuff going on for sure. She had an elderly father. She was very concerned about him. He was in the hospital. Um, she had some things going on in her life, but Sherry was worried about everything. And I could see just how we, from how she talked to me, you know, everything was kind of colored by what could go wrong, how horrible it is. What if this happens? What if that happens? What it all means, you know, and that's the thing with anxiety. We, our mind is way too smart to just say, I don't know, I'm just anxious. I'm just anxious. That's just how it is. Our, our mind, it's too creative. It won't just stop there. You know, it will tell the stories and it's got to pin these feelings on something. So a mind will feel and create and spin all this anxiety and then tell us exactly why it's totally justified. Yeah, but this is happening and that's happening. And what if this happens? And this happened last year, you know, very, very past and future focused, very what if focused, very catastrophizing. Of course, that's kind of what anxiety is, you know, but you can hear it really clearly when you talk with someone who's anxious. And I've been there and I remember being from, you know, within it and on the inside of all of that happening. And part of you, I think, kind of knows, you know, you're anxious, right? Most of us have been diagnosed with that. We've had people tell us on some level, we know we aren't seeing things clearly and accurately, but at the same time, our mind is so convincing and the feelings can feel just so horrible that we keep going down that path, you know? So that's kind of what Sherry was doing. Let me tell you what might happen. Let me tell you how horrible all these things are and how anybody who had my situations would feel a similar way. And, you know, I, you really kind of, I really kind of felt for her just hearing that and I could see how real it was. But the first thing that we started to really talk about is that anxiety is anxiety. It isn't about anything. I think this is such a cool thing to look at. I mean, we could say this about our thinking in general. Our thinking is our thinking. It isn't about what it appears to be about. So especially for anxiety, basically anxiety is a fast running mind. It's a, it's a fast idling mind, like a car that idles quickly. It's a mind that idles high, fast, whatever the term is, I don't know, runs hot, right? So it's a mind that's running hot. 
And again, the mind is going to pull in all kinds of reasons why it's running hot and completely believe those. (laughs) But the reasons aren't it. The running hot is it. That's where we want to look. That's what we want to see is going on. It's before the content. The content's just part of the creative story. The running hot is the issue. Of course, one of the things that the mind will talk about and try to pin the anxiety or the hot running on is anxiety. Isn't that funny? So they say anxiety is the fear of fear. It's really, you know, anxiety is us fearing our experience. Sure, we fear all kinds of things happening to us from the outside world, but how it tends to unfold and kind of evolve over time is then we we're onto it. You know, we get a little bit onto it. At least we see, okay, other people have fathers who are in the hospital. Other people have some minor health issues. Other people have a life where things happen and they don't necessarily feel this. And so we start to fear our feelings about those things. And that was definitely happening with Sherry. It definitely happened with me where it was like, wait a minute, I I see that something's going on here. It's not just the world doing this to me. That means there's something wrong with me. That means, you know, my mind, I have an anxious mind. I have anxiety. There's something going on here. And there was a lot of that. So that's just our fear of our experience. Again, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, the way we feel, it seems so real. And it becomes like this thing that kind of feels like it's following us. But if you go back and listen to episode 13, I mean, it's the craziest thing in the world because what we're fearing And when we fear our experience is the safest thing ever. It's like fearing a shadow. I mean, yeah, it comes up and it's dramatic and it gets our attention and it has all kinds of stuff attached to it, you know, and and it's brought to life within us in a huge way. But it's not real in the sense that it's always changing and it doesn't have anything to do with who we are. It doesn't touch who we are at at all. It can't. It's just this kind of weather moving through us. It's the thoughts and feelings, the psychology, the behaviors, all of the stuff that moves through us. It's where we become fixated and what we become afraid of, often in anxiety. But we just need to see it for what it really is. You know, that's the first and primary and biggest massive misunderstanding when it comes to anxiety or anything really is we're just fearing our experience and there's really nothing there to fear when we see it for what it is. So Sherry had some uncomfortable, really heavy thinking, as we all do, and she started to think about it. So she worried about the thinking that was there. She feared what was there. And over the years, it became a habit for her to check in on how she was doing. So she would kind of wake up in the morning. Maybe her husband would give her one of those looks like, oh, what kind of day is it going to be? This is after some time, you know, of worrying and taking her worry seriously. She'd kind of scan for it. She would scan for what her mind was doing. How anxious am I? How fast is my mind running this morning? She'd scan her body. How's my heart rate? How's my pulse? You know, am I having any kind of panic symptoms right now? Now, again, she didn't wake up and say, okay, time to look for anxiety. Like, we know better. We know better. But this was part of the habit for her. It was a mental habit where as soon as she woke up, she'd do her little quick scan and see how things stood. Where are my thoughts? Where are my feelings? Where's my, my physical status right now? What are the sensations in my body doing? And 
you know, what that does is just put a whole lot of attention there. It's her mind doing that innocently out of habit and and basically making a judgment. Okay, I'm good. I'm not good. There's anxiety there. There's not. And of course, if I'm not good and there's anxiety there, well, that's an issue. Something needs to be done about that. Okay, it's going to be one of these days. You know, it's going to be an anxious day. And of course, (laughs) we get what we look for. It's just the way our mind works. We get what we look for. I think it's really interesting to just look at that, you know, that the difference between someone with what they would call an anxiety issue, someone with anxiety or with a chronic anxiety issue, and the rest of us is that there are a few differences maybe, but this is a really huge one. They're really caught up in how they feel. And again, I'm not at all saying that's not totally understandable from how things look to them. Their their body's doing crazy things. Their mind is running fast. Their emotions are all, all, all over the place. So of course they care how they feel. And of course it looks kind of dangerous. But again, that's the innocent misunderstanding. It's not dangerous. It is okay. It is temporary. It's not hurting them. So the more we can come to see that the more this whole thing starts to unravel. But you can see how that's a really huge, significant difference between people who experience a lot of anxiety and people who don't, is that the ones who do are constantly looking, how am I doing and what does it mean? And those of us who don't have a lot of anxiety still worry, our hearts still race, we still sweat, we still have a a fast to hot idling mind at times, you know, all kinds of what if thoughts still come in, but they come and go. It's a little more childlike in that sense where we just aren't hanging on it because we're not in the habit of checking and scanning and worrying about our experience. So there were two kind of major um insights that Sherry had. And I'm just kind of picking this apart for illustration purposes. I mean, I don't know exactly what Sherry saw or that there were two major insights or anything like that. I'm just kind of trying to to tell it as an entertaining story that you can hear something from. But from where I sat, as I talked with her, there were two kind of pieces to this. One was that, like I said, initially, Sherry was all about all the things that were happening in her life. And she would get in you know defensive and innocently like oh, we we do i did i remember getting so defensive and and really arguing for no you can't tell me i don't have a hard life arguing that with my therapist and she did a little of that you know this is happening this is real my father's going to die i have this this health thing that comes back you know these things are really going on and so much compassion. And of course, she's feeling so much stuff as those things happened in her life. But it really was this process of helping her see and her just starting to see on her own, okay, yes, hard things are happening. Things that maybe, you know, I wish weren't happening are happening around me. But moment to moment, I'm not feeling those things. Moment to moment, I'm feeling my own fast running mind tell me, what's going to happen and what it all means. And, you know, sometimes her mind wasn't fast running. Sometimes her mind would settle down as all minds do. Sometimes it would calm down. And we looked at that, you know, like with a father in the hospital in a really hard situation, she would feel everything if she really looked from panic and anxiety and grief and fear to 
okayness with it, you know, not liking it, but being okay to gratitude, to love for him, to appreciation for what it was like to have her family all together, you know, but a fast running mind doesn't tell us that an anxious mind doesn't include those details. It just generalizes. And it says, this is bad. And I feel bad about it. And it's because of what's happening. So little by little, I watched Sherry see kind of beneath that top layer of generalization, you know, and this is so universal almost. I mean, it really is like we start off just thinking the world's just doing this to me. It's about, 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 and it's always pointing out to some issue out there. And little by little, as we start to see more about how our experience really works, we start to see, no, yeah, those things are happening. It's never to deny any of that. But moment to moment, we feel our own inner experience brought to life. And that can be anywhere across the board in any situation. And seeing the independence of those two things, seeing the independence of what's happening out in the world and how we're feeling is gigantic. And so Sherry really started to see that. I remember one of our conversations, it was around her health issue, and she was convinced that, no, people who have this health issue experience it just like I do, because that's what the health issue does to you. And we really looked at that. I said, Sherry, you can't tell me that every moment when you're in this health issue is exactly the same. And you can't tell me that, you know, week to week and month to month, it's exactly the same. And that, you know, maybe some woman across town going through the same health issue is feeling it exactly as you are. How could that be? And, you know, she's, Sherry's a really bright woman. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to see that. It's just that a mind just does that to us. It just generalizes and, and is convinced of, nope. This is coming from this issue and I'm, this is all, this is just how it's going to be, you know? So I watched that unravel. It was the coolest thing in the world to see her. Oh my gosh, you're right. It can't be that way. You know, it has to be that I'm just feeling my own experience of that. So that was one huge shift for Sherry was starting to see, oh my gosh, anxiety isn't happening from what's happening out in the world around me. It's not coming from that. It never is and never has been. It's always and only coming from my own experience, my own psychology brought to life. That was huge. Now, that's often not enough. And, you know, Sherry's story, and again, this might just be how my mind sees it. So I'm just breaking it down into these um kind of sections for illustration. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it actually works this way, but often people kind of come to see that. So we say, okay, I'm feeling my own inner experience, but that doesn't really do it because then they're like, well, okay, how do I get out of this inner experience? (laughs) Like I see life's not doing it to me, but that doesn't buy me anything. I'm still feeling it. And in some cases their mind will say, Hey, well, this is even worse because I can't just go change a circumstance. Now it's me. Now I'm to blame, or this has something to do with me, or there's something wrong with me. And it starts to look that way. And Sherry went through a little bit of that. So it was kind of like, all right, I, you know, hear that it's not happening from outside. And in Sherry's case, in particular, that was good news. She felt a lot of relief in that. But there was still this sense of, yeah, but it's so huge. 
I mean, my heart races and my mind races and I'm sweating and I'm panicking and I'm looking for exits and I hate this feeling. So even if this is just safe, even if it's just my psychology coming up within me and then fading away and changing, we got to do better than that. (laughs) You know, like there has to be better than that. And I hear that. I hear that. And so where we began to look and sort of the second shift, I guess, for Sherry, was starting to get more and more familiar with what's there beneath the experience. You know, all the time we hear this at my school and just from people who are, are onto this new paradigm. Yeah, but I still hate my thoughts and feelings. And all the time, there's one place to point them. Like there's one thing they're kind of not seeing when they're, when they're in that place. And it's who they are beyond the thoughts and feelings. We can curse the weather all day long if all we're staring at is weather. And of course we would. That's reasonable. It's understandable. But when we see, oh, there's, you know, I can go under an umbrella. I can go in the house. There's a blue sky beyond the weather. Like when we start to really get in touch with what there is beyond the weather, before the weather, we're just looking at the weather less. And in the case of us and anxiety, you know, when we start to notice, yes, these things happen. There's an elevation of stuff, an elevation of energy, let's say, that happens in my body. But I'm not that. And I don't need to listen to the content. Like that's what gets us, you know, is the stories. The, oh, this is going to happen and what's going on and should you go to the ER right now? Like all the content. But what Sherry began to see and what so many people start to see that is just amazing, amazing to see is it's more about the elevation of energy. It's more about saying, oh, anxiety's here, or however you might say that. You know, oh, my mind is racing. Oh, there's a lot of energy moving through me. And not getting caught up in the specific stories and thoughts and feelings and trying to solve for all of that. So when Sherry just began to see, oh, this is just a habit of my mind and my body. My mind and my body do this habitual anxiety thing, period. That's it. I don't have to solve for it. I don't have to figure it out. I sure as heck don't have to listen to what my mind is telling me in those moments because it's not at all accurate. I just need to kind of see, okay, this is happening. And super, super important, I can look beyond that. There's another place to look. So in Sherry's case, she started to feel these moments of peace. Whereas before she'd feel peace, no question, relative peace at least. Her mind would quiet down at times. Absolutely no question about that. But she was so in, I'm anxious and where's the anxiety and scanning mode. Again, not on purpose, but her mind was just in that habit that it would always take her back to her experience pretty quickly. So she didn't get to enjoy the peace. She didn't get to realize, oh, this is me. This is me feeling me. She didn't feel that. She felt, ooh, I don't know why I'm so peaceful. Where's my anxiety? And then she'd be back in her experience. But as she started to get more and more familiar with and comfortable hanging out in the quiet that was there, and how do you do that? Well, you just look. You just see how this works, and you just keep looking for that, knowing it's there. You know, we can know that as a fact, but... Our experience is really big. (laughs) It's really big. So like one of the metaphors people use a lot is our our piece and that us that's in there is kind of like a little flute playing in the middle of a huge marching band. 
you're not going to hear it just by itself. But when you know the flute is in that big, loud noise, you can start to listen for it. And then you can start to hear it more and more. And so Sherry did that. You know, she got more and more familiar with this new paradigm. She believed me after a little while when we started to talk about how well she was beneath it. And she believed me because she started to see her own evidence of it. And as she saw her own evidence of it, as she noticed that her mind cleared, fixed itself, cleared on its own, bounced her back to home base all the time, she got familiar with that. She hung out there more and more. And as that happened, when the elevation would happen, when the anxiety and the scanning and the physical stuff would all happen, she just felt it differently. You know, it didn't throw her as much. She didn't worry about it because she had another place to stand that wasn't changing. And that was the beginning of the end. All of this maybe was the beginning of the end, but that was a huge shift toward the end of Sherry's anxiety. And, you know, a few, I don't know how long it was, maybe a month or two after we began talking about all of this and I could see some major shifts in her, um, her father did pass away. She reached out to me and she said, you know, it's sad. I'm grieving, you know, all, all of the stuff that humans go through, but I'm okay. And I've been okay through this whole experience. I've known that I'm okay. Even when you're not feeling it, you're okay. And Sherry started to really see that. I mean, that was the, I get emotional just sharing that. Like that, that was the best thing we can ever hear is she she's human. She felt all the stuff that you feel, but she, she had a grounding, you know, she knew she was okay within all of that. And from that moment on, I mean, I have absolutely no worries about sharing anxiety, just like with me and anxiety and so many other people that have been through that. You still feel it. You're still human stuff shows up. But again, you're not in that habitual mode of scanning and worrying about it. You have another place to be another place to look another place to rest in. And it's so different from that place. Life, no matter how it shows up, is just life. <laughs> you know, it's just life showing up without all of that fear and analysis and worry about it. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Please subscribe and leave a review so that others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com grab the free PDF, three simple ways to break free from habits, anxiety, and addiction, even when you've already tried everything else.